Welcome back to the H2PE Podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here to talk about your Pitt Panthers on a beautiful Sunday. The weather is nice, the uh, the temperature is up, the sun is out, I am enjoying it, I am loving it. So I'm going to help you enjoy it by talking some Pitt with y'all. We're going to talk a little bit Pitt football and basketball today. Um, we're going to lead off talking about the NFL Draft. In the second segment, we'll get to both teams, uh, currently speaking, because both teams got some uh, commitments uh, over the past week. It's actually been a busy kind of week, and I want to go over who those um, additions have been. But first, we're going to talk about the NFL draft because that's this week, and that's big news. Now, I- I've been making it clear my big projections for the team are Kenny Pickett and Damari Mathis doing well um, with being selected uh, you know, at a good clip in- in this year. I do think Kenny Pickett will be a first-round pick. Um, I know that there's some people that doubt that. Um, also, Chris Carter, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. But uh, I know there's some people out there that doubt that. And I even say I'm not so sure that the Steelers should take him at 20 because of their, their current needs. He's a little bit older than normally pick. He doesn't have the supreme arm strength that you want from a first-round pick and what they're trying to do. Plus, they have Mitch Trubisky, so he'd have to sit another year. All those reasons. But I think if he went to a team that desperately needed a quarterback, uh, and the more that I keep hearing about it, the Carolina Panthers just makes too much sense. And I know that Malik Willis is sitting there and that they've looked at him too, but I mean, the Matt Rule obvious connection, he recruited Kenny Pickett to Temple way back when Kenny Pickett then, you know, uncommitted and recommitted to Pitt after after that. They were the only team that sent their entire front office, Ben McAdoo, the offensive coordinator, Scott Fitterer, the GM, um, and of course, Matt Rule, the head coach, all were there on hand at Pitt's Pro Day. I took pictures of them. I posted them on my Twitter saying, well, here they are, look at his hands. Um, th- there's real interest there, and I think they want a leader. And heck, Ben McAdoo, if you, were, if you pay attention to... Uh, to sports news and updates and everything, you saw Ben McAdoo kind of tilt, uh, tip their hand a bit. And when he said, you know, oh, Sam Darnold, he's a starting quarterback on this team, blah, 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 blah. And then like a minute and 37 seconds later, he's like, maybe I shouldn't have said that because I think I just put my foot in my mouth about him being a starting quarterback on this team. And it's like, whoa, that's a sign. You know, <laughs> like what's what's uh, what's going on there? So you guys definitely taking a quarterback? That's a good question. It's sixth overall. I, I think that Kenny fits there. They, they want a leader. And Matt Rule is a guy that he's running out of time there. They need to get aggressive with somebody. They need somebody who's going to help them win now. I truly see Malik Willis as a guy who's going to need a year to kind of get his mechanics down a little bit better, to get used to NFL play, and then be ready in the long run. But I don't think it's going to be – Kenny Pickett, I'm in saying that he's the kind of the opposite there. Lower ceiling than Malik Willis because he's not as fast as him. He doesn't have the same arm strength. But he's a high, have a higher floor. I think he has his mechanics down a lot better. His accuracy is there. That those those two things, uh, just having your mechanics down, having your your accuracy in place, and being able to see the field, which I think he still think he does the best among this uh, among this class. Um, those two things are really important, and I think that. Uh, there's some people out there that see that that's the biggest thing. Lewis Riddick, he'll tell you that. Uh, he'll say those are the two most important things that he sees every year. He thought Mac Jones was the best quarterback of the last year's class. He thinks that Kenny Pickett could be the best quarterback of this year's class. Um, so Kenny Pickett, I think, is going in the first round for that reason. Now, officially, I'll, from what I've seen, 
Kenny Pickett has had two major team visits so far with the Panthers and the Lions. Now, the Lions are an interesting team because they have the second overall pick and the 32nd overall pick in the first round. I could totally see the Lions not taking it too because they need to get you need, Kenny Pickett's not a second overall pick type of guy. You know, they're going to get an offensive tackle, an edge rusher, a supreme talent that's at the top of the draft. But I can see totally seeing the Lions saying, hey, we're going to take that, that second round, uh, that, that end of the first round pick and maybe a second round pick or something else. And we're going to move way back up into the middle part of the draft and go get Kenny Pickett. Pickett or the quarterback that we that, that we really want. And that's another team that I think could really take a serious look at at Kenny this this year. And again, I, I think Kenny's biggest thing is he just needs weapons around him. He needs a team that's going to be able to fight and scrap and claw its way in. Um, other teams that I think could take them, I wouldn't put it past the Falcons at eight overall. Uh, they, they I wouldn't say I don't think that they're committed to Marcus Mariota. They just let go. They just traded away Matt Ryan after trying to get Deshaun Watson and failing in those sweepstakes. Wouldn't put it past the Seahawks even if they're looking in a different direction um but they need a quarterback i don't think drew lock's the answer there um you know the, the the texans are another team i don't think they would pick kenny pickett but they i look at their roster and i'm like what would be stopping you i wouldn't put it past the saints either at 16 and 19 and both again and the eagles aren't in that build because they got jalen hurts and I, I think they're happy with them and the Chargers at 17 and then that's when you get down to the steelers so ahead of the steelers you have the the, the panthers the lions is a potential trade-up candidate um the Falcons, the Seahawks, the Texans, and the Saints. They're, those are the teams that I look at being the primary teams that could select Kenny Pickett before he gets to 20. Now, when you get to 20, that's the question for the Steelers. Do you take Kenny Pickett, or do you see if Jordan Davis fell? Do you see if one of those top four cornerbacks fell? Because I really feel like between uh, Derek Stingley, who will be gone, Ahmad Sauce who will be gone, um, Trent McDuffie and Andrew Booth Jr., both who could be there at 20, I think between those four guys, those are all potential CB1 type of guys, starting cornerbacks in this league, not just starting, but top potential top guys that will lead your secondary for years to come. It's are, Do you finally pass up on getting a chance to get that kind of guy in the NFL draft when the Steelers have never had that real, real opportunity uh, with obvious picks and guys that grade out that way? You know, There's guys like Richard Sherman and Xavier Howard that have been passed over, but everyone passed over them once or twice. So uh, they're not examples. But I'm talking about these are guys that grade out that look like, hey, those are those guys. So that's why I'm not so sure Kenny Pickett goes there at 20. But again, after that point, then you start looking around. Does he go somewhere else? I, the line's there sitting at 32. They could be another one of those teams. So that's the thing with Kenny Pickett. Now, the interesting one is Damari Mathis. Damari, as, I, as I've said several times, he did amazing in his pro day, much like Jason Pinnock did amazing in his last year. Jason Pinnock went from being a seventh-round pick to a fifth-round pick by the New York Jets. I think Damari Mathis is going to be higher because you look at how, how, how he graded out. He was, he was a really good corner for several for multiple years for Pitt. Uh, he ran a 4.39 in the 40-yard dash. It was one of the best of his, one of the, one of the best of his cornerback class. In fact, I believe he placed eighth, uh, tying Kyir Elam, uh, who was uh, the, the Florida cornerback that a lot of people are talking about. If you if you know what relative athletic score is, it's a uh, it's like a mathematical equation that goes into like you know comparing each position all time uh, play you know players that tested each position at like their forty yard dash, their vertical jump, broad jump, shuttle bench press, three cone, their height, their weight, all those things get put into a computation to see like where do they grade out versus other. Uh, guys, not just in their class, but in history, and in their in 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 this calculation, when you look at you know the fact that, that you, when you look at their forty yard dashes, and I'm not saying that these players are the same, and I'm not saying that Demari Mathis is better than this guy, so don't punch try to hit me over the head with this when I tell you this name. But Demari Mathis has a better relative athletic score than Rod Woodson. Yes. That's how crazy athletic Damari is. Now, I'm not saying that he's better than Rod Woodson. I'm not saying he's going to be better than he's going to be better than Rod Woodson. 
I'm not saying none of that because Rod Woodson's one of the greatest of all time. But I'm saying athletically, he grades out extremely well, and teams are going to notice that. I truly could see him going date, you know, early day three, um, you know, in the in the third or fourth round. Uh, so it's actually that's day two, excuse me. I could see him going late day two, early day three. Demar getting a serious look there uh, with by you know by by teams there. Um, you know, I think again he has the swagger, he has the confidence. I think that there's teams that like that about him, and uh, they love it. And it has his athleticism. Uh, it's there. So I think people are going to take notice and take a shot on him. Other guys that could that, that could see see it. I think Johnny Patrician did a really good job at his pro day. I, I just I, I have a hard time seeing uh, Tacey, Tacey or Mac getting a real shot um, unless I, I I do I will say this I did see a Chargers scout during the season come and look really closely at Taysier Mack. So there's a chance that with Chris Beatty, who's still over there as their wide receiver coach, you remember him just a few years ago. He was Pitt's wide receiver coach. He worked with Taysier Mack. He was their wide receiver coach when Taysier Mack caught that game-winning bowl touchdown from Kenny Pickett in 2019. Wouldn't put it past Taysier Mack to be maybe a seventh-round pick or a UDFA to the Chargers uh, to add to their their depth ranks there. Unfortunately, Taysier Mack, I think he's a talented dude. He just hasn't been getting uh, the... Uh, the, he's, he just hasn't had fortune go his way with 2020 with uh, COVID and injuries and then 2021 with the injury in the middle of what was being a really good season for him. So we'll see how the NFL draft plays out and I'll recap that for you on Sunday right here on the HTP podcast. But we have to talk about some commitments because pit football and pit basketball are making moves. We'll talk about what those moves are right here on the HTP podcast after this. here on the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're keeping the show rolling here. We just got done talking about the NFL Draft, giving you a preview of where uh, the top guys could go in Damari Mathis and Kenny Pickett. But we have to talk about this week's updates with your Pitt Panthers. Now, Pitt football and Pitt basketball have been making some moves. Uh, first, let's start with Pitt basketball because we know all about the transfer portal and how it's been hitting them. They had seven players leave through the portal this year, including Femi Odakale, including Ithiel Horton. Um, you know, and those were major hits. I said it then. You know, those were the, the other guys weren't so much. Chris Payton, okay, whatever. No call, no call. You're disappointing, but okay, you roll with that. Uh, you know, uh, uh, Dan Oladapo, okay, gotcha. Eziakudo, okay, but. Femi Odakali and Ithiel Horton were two guys that I thought could be part of the picture for Pitt moving forward, and those are hits. So they needed to get some answers, and well, they have at least three so far. Now, I've talked to you about Nelly Cummings, Cummins, the uh, the kid that's coming back. He was at Colgate, was really explosive, uh, really talented kid. I think he's going to be a good point guard for, for the Pitt Panthers. Uh, but also, they landed a small forward this 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 week and a six foot seven forward, uh, Blake Hinson. Uh, now, Blake Hinson's an interesting prospect to me because he played he he played at Ole Miss. He was originally recruited there, but then he left Ole Miss reportedly because he wasn't fitting in, and he also he, it was sort of a pro in protest because uh, years ago when people started you know when the push to get rid of the Mississippi State flag because it had a the, the Confederate flag symbol within the flag that was a big problem. It has always been a problem, but it was. Be- 
becoming more of a popular thing and was uh, finally getting recognized as a major issue. It was of prominence then, and I think that as a kid, he was like, that is a problem. I'm, I don't feel proud rep representing the state, especially a place that you know names their team the Rebels. So he said he was bouncing from there. I get that. That actually kind of makes sense. Um, you know, even, even though he probably should have thought about that before he went there, but he, here nor there, he's out of Ole Miss. Then he goes to Iowa State. Uh, doesn't play in 2020 because of a non-COVID medical reason. I say that while doing air quotes, even though you can't see the air quotes that I'm doing right now, but wasn't sure what that meant. And then he transferred before the start of the year uh, in 2021. So uh, wasn't sure what happened with all of that there. But I will say this, when he last played, he averaged double digits in points. He was He's, he's a, a small fort who can get to the basket real quick. He can play above the room. He can play below the room. He's He's been really solid as far as I see I see attacking the basket. And they need a guy who can do that again. They need a guy who can do the things that Justin Champagne did. And I'm not saying that he's going to be Justin Champagne. I'm just saying they need a presence who can take the ball, have handles, create his own shot. He has a mid-range jumper. I liked the things I saw of him offensively there. I liked the way that he could kind of go between, go, you know, attacking the guards and attacking forwards. You know, if he was going against guards, he uses six foot seven frame. If he was going against forwards, he'd be a little bit quicker. Those are the things that you like to see out of him. He can be an, an offensive asset. So that I thought that was a good get in the middle of the week. Then they go get a Juco kid in uh, Federico Federico. And yes, his name is Federico Federico. They call him Fetty for short. Um, but he's a six foot eleven JUCO forward, and the reason why he was in JUCO is interesting because he's a kid who's from Cairo, came up in came up in Finland, moved moved to the U.S. To, because he, his family was like, "You're pretty good at basketball. We're gonna get you some looks." And then, uh, and then I guess he came in in the, in the U.S. late in, late in high school. Was actually played in Washington, PA, apparently uh, for a for like a private school, and then got an offer to Nor Northern Oklahoma to play JUCO ball there. When he was there, he averaged 11.7 points, 8.6 rebounds, two blocks per game. He's long, and I really think this is the defensive replacement for Muhammadu Gi because Muhammadu Gi got a shot. This kid didn't even attempt a three pointer. That's how dominant he was in the paint in JUCO. Uh, but uh, but Muhammad Ugi had that deep shot. Federico ain't going to be that guy, but he can be a guy who you could come send in off the bench, um, you know, to, to, to basically spell Hughley, give Hughley some bench time to get to catch his breath and give you, and you'd still have a, a defensive presence in the paint and even an offensive presence when he gets the ball. Cause he does look confident and willing to use his size, uh, when he gets in there and you want a guy who can block shots. This guy averaged two blocks and he's a freshman. He has three years of eligibility left. Uh, all, everything adds up about this just being a, Hey, smart attempt to get a Juco guy. If he doesn't work out, Oh, well you took a shot at him. And uh, now the question is, who does Pitt basketball get get from here? Well, we do know that Acock Acock, uh, who is a UConn UConn forward, he's six foot nine. He had to get his uh, his. He was supposed to visit Pitt this weekend. He had to push back because of something else that happened. But there's still, from what I understand, he is still there's still interest between him and Pitt to make it happen. If you get Acock Acock, this is a guy who I think truly becomes your power forward that starts next year. He has experience. You put him next to Hughley, and you got a front court. You put him, and then you put Federico behind those guys. I think you've really got a front court. But there's also some interesting other interesting prospects that I saw. There's uh, two two kids that came in. They're, they're, kid, they're Spanish forwards, Guillermo Diaz and Jorge Diaz. Both of them twins, 6'11", 195 pounds, playing for the IMG Academy. I'll say this. 
from what I understood from them, when I asked around about them, they're shooters. They're they're the freakishly tall shooter type of shooter kids that are like kind of getting into today's game across the world. If you have length and if you can be off an offensive threat, you become a problem for teams because if you can be six eleven, you can get rebounds, and if you can be six eleven while shooting, you become a problem because then the average guard, the average forward, if you like the, the Blake Hinsons wouldn't be able to, to try to stick you as much because you have that much of a height height advantage over them. So uh they, I know that they visited Pitt. They posted from the Oaklander Hotel on, on Instagram. And I know that, that uh, Jeff Capel followed them uh, back on on Instagram. So I'm not saying that that's definitely a thing, but it's a thing. Uh, and it's definitely something that to take note of to say, hey, maybe there's something there. And them getting in the pit getting some guys like that, that could be interesting talent to add to your pool to develop down the line. So I'm interested to see that. There's also Michi Johnson Jr. for Ohio State. He did a visit last weekend. I haven't seen him announce a commitment anywhere, so maybe he's still in the mix there. So basketball making moves. But football is also making, making moves because we've seen them do that. Now, I wrote about this as a big point for the site because I thought this was a big get for uh for Pitt now they got their first recruit of their 2024 class so this so people need to understand how classes work 2021 class was was done already 2022 class is done already the 2023 class is what we're looking at at, at Pitt we're finishing up their recruiting now they're getting guys across the board but 2024 is really the time that I think that you'll start to see if Pitt can maintain the trajectory that they're on right now on the field that's where you'll start to see the dividends pay as far as their increased success. Everyone's asking me, well, why don't they have like five-star guys yet? I'm like, guys, it takes more than one ACC championship to turn those type of things around. But this kid, Jossier Whittington, um, uh, he's a four-star defensive tackle from Philly. Let me tell you something. You getting guys from Philly over, you know, you beating out Penn State for the, for those type of guys, that's that's saying something. And, and Josiah Whittington had had offers from a bunch of different programs, including West Virginia, Ole Miss, Virginia Tech, Tennessee. Those are real Power Five programs that he passed up on to come to Pitt. And a four star guy like that, that's a win for the program. And I think it's another sign that Pitt football is heading in the right direction. Team people are liking what they're seeing with the program. The players are loving to stay there. The environment when they when people come to it, they see how welcoming it is. It really works. So there's there's that, and also Pitt had another update in uh, the you know actually Saturday morning. Uh, when it came to a player who became available, and that was a wide receiver transfer from Louisiana Tech, a draw Bub Means, and he's called Bub Means, and so there's going to be a whole bunch, of, I know there's going to be a whole bunch of Bub Means business and Bo, and Bo Jackson jokes and stuff like that, but he's an interesting prospect. Um, I believe he has three years of eligibility left. He's six foot two, 204 pounds, caught 22 passes for 430 yards, two touchdowns in 2020. Um and uh, and he had 20 yard. He, he averages 20 yards on kick returns. Not a guy that I expect to push uh, for starting time. Of course, I think Kanate Mumfield and Jordan Addison are still the guys. Jared Wayne right with them. Um, and I would expect uh, you know uh, I would expect some of the some of the guys that are on the roster now to make their steps forward. But I do see Means being a guy who could make major steps forward in down the line. Again, it's all about adding talent to the room, adding competition, and. I mean, we've seen guys, they've waited their turn to get on this team. The offensive line, there's dudes that have not left. Matt Gonsalves, you know, feels like he probably should be a starter on the offensive line. But you know what? He knows that those guys ahead of him, they've earned it. And he's going to earn it too. So, 
Pitt football doing really good things in recruiting. Pitt basketball starting to show some life there. Remember the de deadline for guys to be available through the for, for next year's start of next year's games. Um, if, if you're going to draft or recruit them, excuse me, through the transfer portal is May 1st. So I anticipate a lot more action coming up in the coming weeks here from Pitt football and Pitt bat. Well, Pitt basketball really. Pitt football is pretty much solid at this point. Um, but a lot of interesting stuff happening there. I know I was talking really fast. I had a lot of information to get out to you guys, but I hope you enjoyed this H2P podcast. I hope you're enjoying your Sunday. The end of April is here. The NFL draft is Thursday. So much excitement. You'll get all of that coverage at DKPittsburghSports.com. And you'll also hear about it here on the H2P podcast. Thanks so much for thanks so much for checking us out. We appreciate you very much. And uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques for all my uh, pit content and everything else that's going on. Uh, again, happy Sunday to everyone. We'll be talking with you next week about your Pit Panthers. Hail to Pit.